Hello, everyone. This is Rick with the CyberPro Podcast, where industry leaders share their insights because hackers never sleep. Anyways, it should be five questions in less than nine minutes. We'll see how we do today. Question number one, Carlotta, who are you and what do you do? I am Carlotta Sage. I am a virtual CISO for a company called Fractional CISO. Uh, and what that means is that when your organization is big enough that you need security strategy, but you're not quite to a point where you're ready to hire a full-time CISO, you come to a company like ours and you engage us for a fraction of a CISO's time. So I am basically the CISO for anywhere from three to 10 companies at any given time. So I'm, I'm going to divert off script right sure. away. Absolutely. Hit me. What made you want to be a virtual CISO? <laughs> <laughs> because um, I, I spent about 17 years as an IT slash support operations person bouncing back and forth. I ended up on a six-week contract at a little startup called FireEye and eventually ended up uh, taking over their communities where I helped a ton of different security uh, organizations solve problems. And sometimes those problems were technical. Um, sometimes there were product questions. Sometimes they were just having a bad day and needed somebody to talk them off a ledge, right? So I got sort of addicted to helping security people solve security problems, right? Um, when I left FireEye, I actually started a consulting group or consulting company of my own where I was doing um, knowledge and strategy and culture consulting into security startups. And I accidentally became a virtual CISO to a non-security technology um, nonprofit. Um, and has 20, I was doing really well, but 2020, of course, um, I had to make that decision as I saw my clients and potential clients tightening their belt, you know, I, do I want to keep going as a solo practitioner or do I want to go and find a real job? Right? And I was, I love consulting. I love helping a lot of people at once. A lot of folks, when they found out that I was looking for work, um, of course, I have a lot of, of contacts in the, the security vendor space, but a lot of my network were, were sending me CISO roles. And I thought that just seems like pain and suffering, like you're always getting beat up. Um, but <laughs> if you're a virtual CISO and you're outside of that organization, you still get that fun part of consulting where you get a view across a bunch of different organizations and across the industries several different industries, but you also make a noticeable difference in making an or multiple organizations more secure. So it, it was a hook for me that I got to help a lot of different security groups or a lot of groups who are technical, but not good at the security part. Um, but I wasn't getting beat up as much <laughs> as a real CISO <laughs> get beat up. So that's, that's why that VCSO role was so attractive. And so you kind of already alluded to the next question, which, which is, why do you love being a cyber professional? Absolutely. It's because I am constantly learning. I am constantly solving problems. And from, from a consultant role, I get to see lots of different ways that people are either encountering those problems or suffering from those problems or solving those problems. So I just get this really great bird's eye view of everything. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Let's talk about cybersecurity, the buzzword of the day, right? It's a top concern, but what does cybersecurity as a top concern mean to you? 
it means I have more people to help. Uh, so what I love, what I love is that, you know, historically security has been um, focused on those high value targets, right? Military, government, big money. Uh, and, and the great thing about the internet and especially the internet of the last five, 10 years is that it's really given so many tools to small and mid-sized businesses. But that also means that now they're targets as well. And sometimes they're very specific targets, right? They're, they're spearfish, or sometimes it's just this broad shooting of, of, you know, casting out those nets, those mass spam, mass phishing, mass malware, right? And seeing who they can catch. Um, so, you know, has that's become a bigger and bigger problem for smaller and smaller organizations. Now, earlier, they're seeking out folks like us to help them get from zero to one even on security before they can even, you know, get to that CISO, that full-time CISO that developed that full-time security organization. They still need help before they get big enough to afford the help themselves. I love it. So what piece of insight do you want to share with our network? Oh, so many pieces. On one hand, I want to say, um, and I, I've said this so many times in my career, you are not your average user. Um, if you were, you wouldn't have your job. Like if your average user was as security savvy as we are, we wouldn't be in the security profession. There wouldn't be a need for us. And, and ideally one day we get to that point where security professionals are no longer necessary. We can be security forward CIOs or security forward CTOs or, or whatever. We can focus on other things. Um, but number one thing that I want people to remember, remember is that you are not your average user. So stop talking down to them. Don't belittle them because they don't understand security. That's not their job. That's yours. Uh, so that's the, the biggest piece. And the other piece I want to remind people is, is on the attacker side. You know, um, I like to remind people that, okay, in California, when I lived in the Bay Area, $150 would get me a one-hour massage plus tip, right? And that $150 in North Carolina gets me a 90-minute massage with the tip, right? Um, in the Philippines, that one-hour massage is the equivalent with tip is the equivalent of six American dollars. So when, you know, when these third world country attackers are coming at these smaller businesses, that $500 or $5,000 malware ransom or gift card, that's a big win for them. And, you know, that don't, don't discredit how those small attacks um, fuel that whole industry. So security professionals keep in mind that you may go $500 malware ransom, big deal. Um, that's big money to somebody overseas. Very, very insightful. Appreciate that. Okay. Fun question. What's your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? Can I say my Mazdas? Uh, <laughs> I you can. I love my old cars. I love you my can. I, I have a 1988 Mazda 323 GTX. It's a little, um, it's a little four banger, all wheel drive, turbocharged, tremendous amount of fun, uh, and a 91 Miata. Um, those are both, you know, OBD one, so super simple ECUs, no fancy things, no Bluetooth or any kind of connector. I get in that car and I am just connected and I am having fun. It's it's interesting because that's a technology that people think 
isn't a technology, but that car makes you feel like you own the road. Yes. Because you have to drive it. You can't just set the Tesla to take you home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the difference between my, I went from driving a daily, a 91 Miata to a 2013 VW Touareg TDI, right? And probably my next major shift will be an electric, electric car. And that those three points are just worlds apart in terms of the technology. Absolutely. Wonderful. And thank you so much for being on the CyberPro <laughs> podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This has been a tremendous experience. I appreciate it. You did it. You made it to the end. Check us out for future podcasts and more content.